Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. It's a common misconception that you need to have a huge amount saved just to get started investing. A couple of years ago, we obviously had the going into the pandemic, a big uh, downturn in the stock market. If you like, the unexpected consequence of that was a flood of new first-time investors. Investing is taking on a risk in the hope of much higher returns, but in many cases it can be worth it and you know, really help you stay ahead of inflation. With the cost of living crisis underway and inflation continuing to rise, it's no surprise many of us have a lot less spare cash than we once might have had. Whether money that was once earmarked for savings, holidays, or as we heard last week, pension contributions, is now going on the everyday essentials. Now, couple this with the popular myth that investing is exclusively for the rich, and it's no wonder many write it off as nigh on impossible. But today, we're going to hear how you can start investing from just one pound and we'll be revealing the cheapest and highest rated investment providers to get beginners started and veterans perhaps even making a switch. To do this I'm joined by the brilliant witch experts Sam Richardson, deputy editor of Witch Money and Charlotte Gifford, researcher and writer and of course our podcast regular. So great to have you both on the show today. Hi Lucia, thanks for having us. Hi Lucia, yeah great to be on. Yeah brilliant to have you both here. Now Let's start then. We've been seeing really bleak cash savings interest rates now for years. And with inflation soaring at the moment, the rates are nowhere near keeping up. And so, Sam, here's where investing comes in, isn't it? Yes, investing can be really helpful here. Uh, With inflation, I think the easiest way to think about it is you're saving to buy something for the future. Uh, Maybe it's a holiday, maybe it's a car, but inflation is going to make that future purchase more expensive. Uh, because your money will be worth less Mm. effectively. So you need your money to grow whilst it's being saved as close to or above the rate of inflation. Otherwise, it's effectively shrinking. So inflation now is at 9%. And some say it could go to 10% this year. Shocking, isn't it? I had a look this morning for the top savings account you could get. So this is a five-year fixed-term savings account. You can't touch your money for five years it was paying only 2.9% per year. Wow. So investing can deliver higher returns than this. Looking historically, the FTSE 100 delivers around 7.75% per year since its exception. Uh, the FTSE 100 is a collection of the biggest companies in Britain. You can invest in kind of all of them as a group for an investment fund. The S&P 500, which is the American equivalent, delivers closer to 10% annual returns. Now, crucially here, and you're going to hear this a lot, this podcast, this isn't guaranteed. 
investment returns aren't guaranteed at all. You could get much more than 10%. You could get much less than 10%. You could even lose all of your money in theory. So investing is taking on a risk in the hope of much higher returns. Uh, but in many cases, it can be worth it and you know really help you stay ahead of inflation. Well, we'll get into more detail on what investments you can choose and the all important question of how to get started. But first, can we rewind a bit then? Because it's been a fairly rocky couple of years for the stock market since the pandemic began. Charlotte, what's the picture looking like now? It definitely has been, Lucia. And this year in particular has been really brutal for global stock markets. So in May, Mm. for example, Wall Street stocks um, officially dipped into what's called a bear market, which is when an index falls by 20% or more over a prolonged period. So for investors, this is quite scary to see um, to see your portfolios get hit by that as equities slump. Um, and the reason it's been happening is the result of soaring inflation, it's the impact of the war in Ukraine, um, and also the Federal Reserve's decision to raise um, interest rates in the US also um, led to share prices dropping. So as I said, you know, many investors are understandably really worried about this. But I think that even with volatility probably set to continue, um, the best piece of advice really is to not panic and to stay invested. Um, repeatedly, research has found that those who stay invested over the long term will generally do better than those who panic and drop out of the market. So, for example, the investment platform Money Farm found that when it analysed the returns of over 30,000 clients um, during the pandemic from 2019 to 2021, those who had remained invested um, got on average a return of 16.8%, whereas those who totally divested um, achieved just 3.2%. So a huge difference there if you panic sell. So um, so that would probably be one takeaway is huge amount of volatility right now, but um, stay invested is, is probably the best way to go. It's all about playing the long game then, if you can. Um, but then on the flip side, with it being such a brutal time for investing at the minute, does that also make it a good time to to invest? Uh, yes, stock markets are struggling right now. But that also means that the prices of investments are very cheap right now. So if you're starting to invest right now, you're getting these funds at a discount. So if you're brave enough to enter the stock market right now, it can really pay off. Well, let's hear more on this then from Jeremy Fawcett, head of investment research firm Platforum, about the impact recent crises have had on the market and how it sparks a new wave of investors. A couple of years ago, we obviously had the going into the pandemic, a big uh, downturn in the stock market. And the, if you like, the unexpected consequence of that was a flood of new first time investors coming into the market. A huge amount of interest in share trading, international share trading, hot stocks. Um, And uh, and I guess as market analysts, we were looking at this saying, wow, this is, uh, you know, things appear to be really, really changing. Um, And the players, the existing players in the market were looking and thinking, how much is this going to affect our businesses? Um, so, you know, very dominant players like Hargreaves Lansdowne, uh, who have, you know, very established ways of attracting new clients, but finding that some of the new investors were maybe looking for something um, a little bit, a little bit different. 
So the argument for investing is strong, but according to research provider AJ Bell, almost two thirds of UK adults have money they could invest, but aren't. The top reasons given for this include not knowing where to start, finding it too complicated and not knowing what to invest in. So let's tackle some of these issues today then. And first, the myth that investing is exclusively for the wealthy Charlotte, it really shouldn't be, should it? And thankfully, it isn't always. So what's your advice for investing from just one pound? So as you say, Lucia, it's a common misconception that you need to have a huge amount saved just to get started investing. But today, platforms such as Wealthify and Moneybox will let you start for just as little as one pound. Um, So that's a great way to get started, just putting even some spare change away and building um, some wealth that way. However, before you do get started, there are a few things that you should check um, to make sure that you really are ready to risk losing that money. So one of the first things you should ask yourself is whether you have a rainy day fund. So that's enough cash to cover a sudden loss of income for several months, generally for three to six months is recommended. The other thing you should ask yourself is whether you can afford to part with the amount of money that you put away for at least five years because generally if you're investing you're doing this for the long term so five to ten years might be a normal amount of time to have that money in investments instead. And so then let's get on to the big question of where do I start? How can people invest now from one end of the spectrum getting your financial advice to the other end picking your own investments? So good news Lucia, contrary to popular opinion you don't need to sit at your computer all night with four different screens filled with graphs scrolling across them. Hooray. (laughs) Yeah, instead you could get start investing with just a few hours of research, potentially even less than that. You set up a portfolio of your investments and then only check it once a year. Mm -hmm. So to start off with the different ways you can get started investing, uh, you could get a financial advisor. So try comparison sites, including unbiased or vouched for. They'll show you financial advisors in your local area. Worth looking at what other clients have said about them, uh, the qualifications they have, and then calling them. Most will do an initial session to understand your goals uh, without charge. However, the other way to approach it, and one that can be a fair bit cheaper, is to pick investments by yourself using what we call a DIY investment platform. Mm-hmm. So that sounds kind of technical, but an investment platform is essentially just a website or an app that is a supermarket for different types of investments. So it will have thousands of stocks and funds available. The good news is they also have a lot of advice available on which ones to pick, including recommended lists of funds, filter tools. You can see the kind of funds for areas or industries that you're interested in. So picking an investment platform, we've got a lot of advice on our website about which we consider the best according to customer feedback and fees. It should be easy to use, shouldn't be a super technical website. There should be a lot of advice on there for you. They'll offer lists of funds in some cases. They will offer what are called kind of ready-made portfolio funds, which are thousands of other funds lumped into one, which is easy to understand, and you can just buy it and get going. And they'll also offer the tax wrappers, and we'll come on to that later, which are really important to make sure that you keep your profits. 
Oh, it's a far cry from how people invested in recent decades, isn't it? And this is something we've also been speaking to John Blowers about from investment consultants Alt Retire. And he tells us about the long gone days of slow internet and form filling. I mean, there have been a, a huge amount of changes. I mean, the internet used to be incredibly slow um, and our offerings used to be in- incredibly manual, i.e., you know, we used to say we you could buy a a fund online but you couldn't really it was really pr- filling out a, a form and then <laughs> post, posting it all behind the scenes and now of course it's all straight through process so you know uh, and although share trading was sort of straight through processing as as early as sort of the late 90s um, you know it's really instantaneous now you're you're interfacing with some really complex real-time um, share and fund purchasing systems um, so, you know, you're, you'll have as, as almost as much uh, processing power at your fingertips on your laptop or your iPad as the, um, the, the professional traders do. OK, so we know the kinds of investment providers or DIY platforms that are at our fingertips and what they can do. But which are the best? Well, we surveyed over seven and a half thousand customers of investment platforms to see how they rated providers. This gives food for thought both for investment newbies and current investors who could be better off switching, doesn't it, Charlotte? So we asked thousands of customers to rate their investment platform based on things like customer service, online functionality and whether or not they considered them good value for money. And two platforms really stood out here and performed the best among consumers. And those were Vanguard and AJ Bell U Invest, who have actually come out on top in our survey for four years in a row now. So that's why there are which recommended providers. Um, Vanguard in particular deserves a shout out for just how good value for money it is. So it was the only platform that got five stars for value for money in our survey. And charges for the platform are 0.15% per year, which makes it one of the cheapest options out there. Meanwhile, AJ Bell is a really good option um, if you want to access a range of different investment types and resources. So it offers over 2,000 funds and shares from 24 countries and most UK markets. As well as this, you'll get daily market updates, alerts on your investments. And if you have over £4,000 with them, you can also get their weekly digital shares magazine. So really a lot to offer there. Um, for investors who want to understand a bit more about investment style and strategy. Really what platform will suit you the most depends on who you are as an investor, how much you have to invest, um, what exactly you're looking for. And so there are a couple of others that I just want to mention here because they do have slightly different offerings. So Moneybox and Free Trade, um, I think, deserve a shout out because they also performed well in our survey, got over 70% customer score from respondents. But they have a slightly more straightforward offering that's maybe a bit better if you're a beginner. So with Moneybox, you can get started for just £1. You can choose to go into one of its three ready-made portfolios, which are kind of geared or ready to suit your risk appetite. With Free Trade, that's better if you want to invest solely in shares, but it's got quite a straightforward platform fee that might be attractive to some. So you'll just pay a flat fee of £3 a month, which makes it um, quite cost-effective for a lot of different portfolio sizes. Another platform that 
often does do well in our survey, but tends to fall down on cost because it's actually really quite expensive for most people is Hargreaves Lansdowne. Um, apart from value for money, we found that customers rated it very highly across the board for online tools, customer service. And um, that is very well deserved because it, it has a huge amount of research and tools available to you as an investor. But um, it really does depend whether that's what you're looking for. It, it would suit well somebody who's got um, a lot to invest in is very interested in investing and wants to find out how to choose their own funds and he wants to put a lot of their own research into choosing funds but it probably isn't a very good idea if you're just starting out and you're not actually going to make full use of those tools. And in addition then to choosing a platform, how do you decide what funds to actually invest in? Because it really does feel like a bit of a minefield, doesn't it? And we've talked at length before on the podcast about how terms used to describe investment funds aren't always the most transparent. Yes, unfortunately, in both 2020 and earlier this year, Charlotte and I have written about investment funds that just don't do what they say on the tin Mm. Uh, one that keeps on coming to mind is a certain fund which was called itself a vegan fund. So you'd imagine it would invest in vegan food companies mm. or alternatives to animal products. But instead, it invested in the same old large tech and finance firms, MasterCard, uh, Tesla, these kind of firms that you could find mm. anywhere. And specifically in a fund that was a lot cheaper than this particular vegan fund. Mm. So given that terms can't entirely be trusted, I'd really recommend going to the fund's website and looking at their strategy for investing. What will they invest in? What won't they invest in? What's their overall goal? Are they trying to beat a particular benchmark? And also look at their top holdings. Most will show you at least their top 20 holdings, i.e. the companies that represent the biggest part of the fund. So if you see anything you don't like in there, Hold off investing because it's possible there'll be a lot more further down the list, you know, that form a smaller percentage, which you're not going to be happy with. Another way to do it is most investment platforms now have lists of ethical and sustainable funds that are compiled by their analysts. So Interactive Investors ACE40 list, that stands for avoids, considers or embraces, which are different types of approaches for these funds. That was one of the first of these lists. Uh, it can be very useful I would caution that, you know, returns not guaranteed even on these lists. Uh, you should understand how the analysts put them together and, you know, still use your own judgment. If you don't like the look of a fund, just don't touch it. And I'm sure something listeners will be wondering, this is the million pound question, get out your crystal balls. Are there any kinds of funds, any particular areas experts are predicting will give a greater return this year or over the next few years? It's always yet yeah, a difficult question to um to answer mm. because you just never know exactly what's on the horizon. But with that said, you know, we know that it's going to continue to be a very volatile period in the stock market. And in these environments, some um, defensive stocks tend to do quite well. So those are stocks um, or companies that have kind of shown over time that they can weather the storm and aren't hugely reliant on borrowing money to stay afloat, because of course, in the current environment, it's very expensive to borrow money. Um, so those kinds of companies are ones in the financial sector, consumer staples, um, all of these are companies that some experts are now taking um, a specific kind of interest in. So funds that are that are geared that way might be might be a good shout if you're thinking where to invest right now. On the other hand, um, you could argue that 
growth stocks and small caps, that is to say kind of small up and coming companies, um, because they're kind of struggling a bit right now to, to raise money and to grow as much as they would hope, um, you could get some bargains in there. So those could be going quite cheaply as stocks to buy. So similarly, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of be careful there that you're not kind of playing um, a risky game spending a load of money on something that hasn't necessarily proven that it can do well over time. But but funds that are kind of geared towards growth stocks and small caps, you could get some bargains if you wanted to, to invest that way. But perhaps I think the main takeaway overall is when you're when you're buying a fund, just make sure that it is um, as diversified as possible. You, you know, you want to spread your risk out across different geographies, different asset classes. Um, and that's why a tracker fund can always be um, quite a safe bet and a good shout. Well, Charlotte, I don't think we've actually spoken about tracker funds um, yet today on the podcast. What exactly do you mean by a tracker fund? So a tracker fund is called a tracker fund because it tracks um, a particular index or a sector. Um, So for example, it might track the S&P 500 or the FTSE 100. And because it tracks that index, um, it's basically reflecting its performance. So it doesn't try to earn an investment return that exceeds that performance, um, which is part of their appeal. So it means that they are relatively safe compared to actively managed funds that might be trying to beat the market. And um, it also means that they're quite cheap because they're just kind of replicating it rather than involving um, active stock picking. I suppose just to add to that, although not beating the market, not getting high returns might sound a bit unexciting. uh, In fact, over time, these passive tracker funds often outperform the more expensive active funds where someone's trying really hard to you know, get a higher return by buying these very odd small companies uh, that often don't deliver good returns. So although tracker funds might seem more boring, they can actually be a really good investment strategy. Another thing I just wanted to touch on, if you're not sure what funds to invest in, you could opt for a financial advisor, as we've touched on earlier, which can, of course, be very expensive. Or there's what's called robo-advisors. Sam, the, the clue is in the name, isn't it? But it's not something I've come across before. Is it worth considering? Well, uh, the risk of being slightly irritating here, robo-advisor as a term, we don't actually find very useful. It's very broad. It refers mm. to all sorts of activities. That's why at which we prefer to use the term do it for me investment platform. (laughs) So these are investment platforms that pick your investments for you. And they usually do that based on a questionnaire that you'll fill out uh, about your goals. Say I'm saving for that car and your appetite for risk, which is a broad term which refers to, you know, how big a loss can you see without panicking and selling up? Could you live with your investments dropping 10% in a day? So they will ask questions exactly like that. And once they've got the results, this is where the robo-advice comes in. They feed that into their computer and will pick you a range of funds uh, which are customised for you. It's the right mix for you. Uh, And most will also regularly adjust your investments for you, which can be a real time saver kind of further down the line. In exchange for this, you will pay a bit more than you would with a DIY investment platform, the platforms that we've been discussing earlier. Uh, But you won't pay nearly as much as for a financial advisor. Just to give you an idea, um, independent financial advisor fees are around 2.4% to start off with. 
of the amount of money you're investing, according to the Financial Conduct Authority, then 0.8% a year ongoing. But that doesn't include a whole load of additional fees. Do it for me platforms charge around 0.75%, but that includes everything. So they're definitely worth considering if you know your investment goals, you don't really know how much risk you like to take on and you don't have the knowledge or time to research investments yourself because they'll do all that legwork. Are there any of these do-it-for-me platforms um, that we can shout out here that, that you'd recommend? Well, we've looked at three so far. We haven't really got to the stage of being able to properly analyse them in the same way we do with DIY platforms. But we looked at Nutmeg, Wealthify and Money Farm, which are some of the biggest do-it-for-me platforms in the UK. They've now got quite a, you know, many years of track record. Uh, they are, in many cases, backed by much bigger firms. So Nutmeg is backed by JP Morgan. Uh, Wealthify is backed by Aviva. So, you know, these firms can be trusted. They also get FSCS protection. That's the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. So that means that if the investment platform itself goes out of business, you'll get up to £85,000 of your money back. Of course, you won't get money back if it's just your investments themselves failing. And now, before we wrap up, can we get some of your top investment advice? On the Witch website, we list our seven tips for investment success, and we'll put a link in the show notes of today's episode. Charlotte and Sam, can we run through some of your your best pointers here? Sure thing. So um, I think one of the main pieces of advice is to decide on a goal before you start investing. So that could be anything from saving for a car to saving for a house or saving for retirement. And the reason it's so important to decide is because it will really affect um, the specifics of your strategy as an investor. So for example, you can afford to take on more risk if you're looking at a longer time horizon. So for instance, somebody saving for retirement can afford to take on more risk than somebody just looking to buy a house in the next five years. The other advantage of having a long-term strategy and keeping that in mind when you're investing is that it will stop you from um, reacting impulsively when stock markets take a tumble. So that will ensure that you stay invested and you stay fixed on your long-term goal. Yeah, I suppose my next tip would be make use of tax wrappers. Uh, So that's a slightly technical term, essentially for different types of ISAs. So a stocks and shares ISA is extremely useful you can have your investments in it, and it means that you won't pay dividend tax or capital gains tax on the money that you make. Uh, they usually don't cost any more to set up. You do it when you first get your investment platform account, and then you just need to make sure that you move money into that stocks and shares ISA and buy investments within it. Uh, it's also worth looking at lifetime ISAs which are for specific purposes like buying a house or retiring. And so there's restrictions on withdrawing your money if it isn't for those purposes. So definitely read the T's and C's. In exchange, however, there's a fairly meaty government bonus on offer. And I think, come on, we've got time just for one more top tip from you both. So another top tip is definitely to watch out for the impact of charges. Um, Over time, costs that platforms charge will really eat into your returns. So, for example, um, if you have £10,000 invested and that earns 7% over 50 years, that would round up to about five hundred grand at the end of that time period. If you paid 2% for that, then after that 50-year period, you'd have a pot of money of 
£100,000. So you'd have essentially forked out 200 grand in fees. Um, so that just demonstrates why it's so important to take a look at what these platforms are charging and not immediately sign up to a provider that's, um, that's actually going to work out being very expensive in the long term. Yeah, and a final tip for me would be beware of scams. They are out there. So anything you run into online or you get for a phone call or email that talks about guaranteed returns, big red flag. It's simplest to find investment platforms uh, through our website, which website we list low reputable platforms. You can also check them on the FCA register. That's the Financial Conduct Authority register, the list of firms. You just type in the firm name. And if it isn't coming up with any results, the firm probably isn't registered. It probably isn't genuine. So steer well clear and just generally keep your wits about you. If it doesn't sound right, if the returns are sounding too generous, just don't invest. Oh, thank you so much to Charlotte and Sam for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover in the show or even dedicate an episode to, please do let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to the podcast or drop us an email at podcast at witch.co.uk. Please do also subscribe to the show to make sure you catch us again next week. And for more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online witch.co.uk forward slash money this episode of the witch money podcast was produced by rob lilly with additional support from ian aikman and charlotte gifford 